They took offense that Jesus healed on the Sabbath. They didn't rejoice that a man who had been born blind was suddenly healed. They couldn't recognize that this was a good thing, that someone was released from suffering. All they thought was, he's breaking the Sabbath. He's not a good guy. But he's also teaching the crowd that was listening about the true nature of his identity, that he's the good shepherd. Now here Jesus describes his mission in terms that his hearers can understand. Most of them had experience with sheep. Uh, Perhaps some of them had their own sheep that they were taking care of. What Jesus says is that he is the legitimate shepherd. He is the legit shepherd. He contrasts thieves and robbers who would go into the sheep pen from another way. He says, I go in the right way. I go in at the gate, the gatekeeper, the one who is there letting in the right people. He lets them in. The gatekeeper opens it, verse 3. The sheep hear his voice. So the sheep can recognize the voice of the shepherd. Uh, one commentator said it's likely that in this pen, again, this is, a, this is a parable, but the vision is that there's different sheep, and perhaps different shepherds have sheep in this pen, and Jesus knows his own sheep, and he calls them out by name, and he leads them out. Once he's brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Uh, The sheep that legitimately belong to the shepherd are are the ones that hear his voice and are led by him. Again, this truth from verses 1 through 6 is that Jesus reaches out, and he's reaching out with his voice. This is something unique to our faith. Just as God created the world, he spoke the world into existence. He creates things through his words. Jesus, as the Son of God, as he speaks, even in this parable, as he's explaining about his identity and his mission, his words are going out, and people are being drawn in. And this is what we get to participate in, brothers and sisters. One commentator said, the recognition of the voice of the shepherd involved familiarity with it. The summons of Jesus brought response from those who finally followed him Because in him they recognized the accents of the Lord, who had already spoken to them in the revelation of the Old Testament. We just sang the song, El Shaddai, and references to the Old Testament. The Pharisees knew God's word. Many of the Israelites knew God's word. And as God opened their hearts, they were able to see that the story of Abraham and Isaac Uh, of Joseph suffering in Egypt, if they did not harden their hearts, if they were not blinded by their own sin, they were able to see that Jesus comes and fulfills these promises, that he really is the one who was to come. The more they knew his word, the more they knew his voice, because it was the voice of Jesus, even in the Old Testament. Jesus was speaking, and his people were listening, and they were not following uh, those who were not legit, legitimate shepherds. Uh, so Jesus reaches out with his voice. We believe Romans ten seventeen that faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Uh, I want you to think for a moment, uh, if you are a Christian, how did Jesus reach out to you? What are the circumstances that God used to bring him to, to bring you to himself? For many, it was friends. Perhaps you were in college, and someone invited you to a Bible study, and you began to think about 
God's word and you had never thought about it before and your eyes began to be open. Uh, perhaps a neighbor befriended you and shared the gospel with you and you saw your need for Christ. Uh, for many of us, it was family members and that's the way that it was for me. Growing up, my family took me to church and uh, my mom would take my brothers and I to evangelistic meetings and we, we would hear an evangelist share the gospel and give an invitation for people to come forward and to receive Christ. Some of you have that story. Uh, a little later for me, it was when I was uh, at, toward the end of middle school and the beginning of high school when I encountered Christians who were serious about their faith and their discipleship. Jesus was leading me through these different people. They were sharing his word. They were living it out imperfectly, but yet faithfully. They were sharing the gospel, and there were different people involved, but it was ultimately Jesus reaching out to me. And if you're a Christian, Jesus was reaching out to you through those different people. Um, yesterday, I was at the memorial service um, for Rudy Palmer, and I had only met Rudy maybe once or twice. He came to the men's Bible study a few times, and... I sat there and listened to the different testimonies of people uh, whose Ru Rudy's life had impacted, and it was, it was very moving to me. It's still thinking about it, moving to me right now, because he loved Jesus, and he wanted other people to know Jesus. Uh, he loved his family, and he loved uh, many others well, and he made a huge impact. But ultimately, behind it all, if we have been drawn to Jesus to trust in him, it is because he was speaking and he enabled us to hear and to listen. The point of bringing this up is that Jesus reaches out through people. Jesus reaches out through churches. His voice is still going out. He is still calling his own by name through ordinary people like you and me as we share his word. The more we know it, the more that we can share it. So again, this is why we value the proclamation of the word. This is why we have outreach. Ultimately, we want people to be brought to Jesus. We want them to hear his word, we want them to consider it, and we want them to repent and believe in Jesus Christ. And as we read the Bible, it points us to Jesus. We learn to recognize his voice better. Uh, this is why in the, in the youth Sunday school class, we're teaching the students how to read the Bible, how to recognize that it is the story of redemption, that it is ultimately the story of Jesus rescuing his people. Again, as those who have been brought in, we're still being shepherded. And the more we know his word, the more we can recognize his voice, the more that we can hear his spirit call to us uh, to reach out to others. Actually, he's telling you right now, he wants you to reach out to others. You don't have to hear an audible voice. Listen to my voice. God is speaking and saying, you have been uh, brought in. Now reach out to others. Have that mentality. So as Jesus reaches out, he has more to say and more to reveal. So we see this in verses 7 through 10. Look with me there. Jesus reveals the doorway to life. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So who are these thieves and robbers? 
Jesus is not talking about every single person that ever lived, although we could legitimately say that uh, none of us is a law keeper and that we've all lied or stolen. What Jesus is speaking about here, I think he's referencing back to Ezekiel, what Bill read for us earlier this morning, these shepherds of Israel who were supposed to be protecting the sheep, they were feeding themselves. They weren't protecting the sheep. They were in it for their own self-interest, and it showed in the way that the sheep were, were scattered. And God comes in and says, I'm going to shepherd my sheep. I'm the shepherd of the people, and I'm going to take care of them, and I'm going to bring justice. Justice came in the form of God being the true shepherd, leading and protecting his people. And Jesus comes on the scene many years later, and the people have a choice to make. Is Jesus really the one who he said he was? Or uh, is, is he a pretender? Is he trying to deceive the people? Jesus was a polarizing figure, friends. You couldn't just, uh, you couldn't be lukewarm about him. So he comes sharing the truth, and he says that he is a doorway to life. He contrasts himself with these thieves and robbers, and he says that all throughout time, God's people did not listen to these shepherds. These shepherds did not protect them, but yet the Lord had his sheep. Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus reveals the doorway to life because he is the doorway to life. If you trust in him, friends, he is the way of salvation. He is the way to life and peace. Think about Genesis chapter 3 and the temptation. God had said, essentially, I have your best interest in mind. I love you. I have given you paradise. I have given you everything that you need. Trust in me. Follow me. Believe in me. But yet Satan comes tempting. He says, God does not have your best interest in mind. Right here in John chapter 10, Jesus is saying, I'm the one who brings life. Listen to me. Open your ears. Open your heart to what I'm saying to you. I have your best interests at heart. I lead my sheep, and they are brought into safety, and they are brought into abundant life. Now, this is not health, wealth, gospel. This is not uh, you're going to become a millionaire if you trust in Jesus. Everything is going to go right. What you have when you trust in Jesus is the promise that ultimately everything is going to be okay. That whatever happens to you, it's not going to take you outside of God's love. And that he takes the trials that you go through and you get to know Jesus better through them. Your faith is strengthened as you face these temptations, as you face these trials, and you see that Jesus is sufficient. Some of you have been following the story of the pastor in China and his church that is being persecuted he said in one of his sermons that the Chinese people really want to know if we believe this stuff. And as they stand up for Christ, and as they stand up for his word, and they're willing to be imprisoned, as they're willing to suffer, the Chinese people see that these Christians really believe what they say they believe. And they have to reckon with Jesus. If his people fall away, they don't have that much to think about. Uh, again, this strength is not in ourselves to persevere it's in God's spirit who dwells within us. But we really do believe that he is who he said he was, who he is. 
So Jesus reaches out with his word. He reveals the doorway to life. He is the way to life, friends. Trust in him. Follow him. Be led by him. But we see in verses 11 through 13 that he really cares for the sheep. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. The reason why I was not a good employee of this window company was that I didn't care that much about it. I wanted a good paycheck. I liked the flexible hours. But I did not have the passion for those windows that perhaps another salesman would have. Right? The more that we know Jesus, the more that we see how sufficient he is, the more that we want to share it with other people. Uh, some of you know that uh, I've been leading a group out each Saturday to Annapolis to, to witness to people. And the reason I do that is because I want to share that message with people, but I want to get into the regular habit of doing it. Uh, it really has uh, changed my thinking and my priorities. And as I'm thinking about preparing for Saturday, each time I go out, I'm also thinking about my neighbors. Uh, some of you, if, if, if you've seen me up there, if you've seen a video that I've posted, you may think, wow, that takes a, a lot of courage to do that. Uh, for me, right now, the, the battleground or, or the challenge is thinking about my neighbors and breaking the ice right there, befriending them, praying for an opportunity, being patient, but thinking about them, wanting them to come to Christ. So Jesus is not the hireling. Uh, he, he really cares for the sheep. He sticks around. He does not leave. And again, this is why we want to share him with other people. We can say how he hasn't left us. We can say... There are some things in our life that did not turn out the way that we wanted them to turn out, but he was still with me, and he gave me what I needed, and I had the promise that even in suffering, I have eternal life, and I have fellowship with him. Um, last part, Jesus rescues all his sheep, verses 14 through 18. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen. They will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Again, observe the intimacy that Jesus has with his sheep. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. I call them by name. It's, it's personal. Again, as we, as we share our faith, as God gives us opportunity, we're not just trying to give people better advice about how to have a better life. We are praying and seeking and speaking so that we can introduce our friends and neighbors, our family members who don't know Christ. We are introducing them to a person. We are introducing them to Jesus who really cares and who rescues all his sheep. But he says in verse 16, well, 15, he lays down his life for his sheep. 
um, the extent of his passion and his self-sacrifice, which we'll think about in just a moment. But he says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. Uh, In this context, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and to others who were listening. Uh, He's speaking primarily to the Jewish people, the ones who had been promised the Messiah, the one who had been promised blessing from God and to be a blessing to the nations. But he's talking about others. He's talking about Gentiles, those who were outside of God's people. We see in the Gospels some Gentiles being brought in, some coming to Jesus for life and salvation, but but relatively few. But we see in the book of Acts when Peter proclaims the Gospel, 3,000 are added from all different nations. And then through the rest of the book of Acts, as the word of Jesus is proclaimed, as his power is demonstrated, more and more people are being added. Acts 2, and God added daily to their number those who were being saved. Jesus' words going out, going out to his people. Um, Later in Acts, it says, And many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many in this city who are my people. And he stayed a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. Brothers and sisters, this was his confidence. He had the promise of Jesus that there were more out there in this city. Um, He felt the temptation to be quiet. He felt the temptation to not stir up trouble. But Jesus encouraged him. Um, one author who was very influential to me, one of the first Reformed Presbyterian authors I ever read, James Montgomery Boyce, speaking of John ten sixteen, says this, Do you believe that Christ has his sheep in Philadelphia? He used to be the pastor of 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia. Or New York, or San Francisco, or wherever you may work or live, let's say Lothian, Edgewater, Davidsonville, Annapolis, Dunkirk, wherever you live, Bowie. Uh, Do you believe that God has his people there? Montgomery Boyce continues, he does. And if you don't believe it, you may be bold, or if you do believe it, you may be bold in calling them to him. Do not witness hoping that somehow, somewhere, someone of his own free will might perhaps find it within himself to turn from his sin And follow the shepherd. Speak boldly and expect the Lord to lay hold of some of them, place them upon his shoulders, and carry them back from the place of loneliness or danger into his flock. Again, I had no promise like that when I was in Kmart walking up to strangers. But when I go to Annapolis or when I talk to my neighbors, when I meet people wherever I go, I do have the promise that God has his people. And it's His word that's powerful. He has his own. He knows how to take care of them. And he uses people like me and he uses people like you to reach out to them. Again, think about the history of our church. This is an outreach church. We were the the church plant of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church of Annapolis. They had an outreach mindset. Uh, Dan Smith and and, uh, Sandy, they... uh, They wanted to be a part of being a light in South County. And I hope that we want that as well. 
I'm reading a book that many of you have read before, perhaps in high school, The Grapes of Wrath. And in the book, uh, many from Oklahoma are migrating uh, from there to California because uh, it's the Depression era and there's no work and the families are desperate. And they, they load up their car and they're driving along and they're, they're about to enter the desert in California. And they're, they're talking to the worker at the service station and the, the service person says, boy, you've got uh, a lot of nerve driving that old car across the desert. And uh, Tom Jode says, well, it doesn't take a lot, of, a lot of nerve to do something if it's the only thing that you can do. Uh, if we have the promise of the gospel, if we have the promise that Jesus has his people, and he says that he must bring them in, don't miss that phrase. Jesus says, I must bring them. Uh, if we have been the object of his outreach, if we have been the, out, the object of his witness bringing us in, uh, we show that we're his sheep uh, by joining in. And again, we do this in a variety of ways. I know that not everyone is called to stand up and preach like I do here or in Annapolis or anywhere else. But we can all participate in evangelism. We can all pray. We all have friends and neighbors and family members who don't know Christ. Uh, our prayers make a difference. Our witness, our acts of kindness, even inviting someone to church is a huge thing that you can do so that someone can come here. Uh, and the way that I preach, I hope that it is intelligible for anyone uh, to hear and understand, even if they don't believe yet. So what? We must join Jesus because we can't fail. We must join him in outreach because we are his sheep and he is reaching out to others. They will hear his voice, and he must bring them in. Friends, I can tell you from experience, uh, there is joy to share the gospel with other people. Even if they don't understand it. We were, Phil and I were out there yesterday. Uh, these two young men that we talked to, they were open. They were interested. They were curious about the gospel. Like it says in verse 19, of chapter 10, there was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is what we want. We want our friends and our neighbors to consider the claims of Jesus. We want them to see the impact that Jesus has made in our lives. And we want to point them to Jesus so that they would know him. So if outreach matters to Jesus, it must matter to us. We must be an outreach church. We stay faithful uh, to our Reformed confession. We stay faithful to the Bible. But to be faithful to the Bible is to care about his sheep, uh, to go out for that one lost sheep. Uh, we take care of those 99, but we also go out and get those lost sheep. Uh, the goal of outreach is that the sheep will hear the voice of the shepherd. So let's go to him right now in prayer. Lord, as we think about our own lives and how you've worked in them, help us to see how you have worked, the people that you have used. And may we be thankful, and may our gratitude uh, rise up uh, in action. You are the Savior. You are the one who laid down your life for us. 
the, self- the salvation that we have is free. And we get to share that with other people. May, Lord, all that we do uh, be glorifying to you. May we be outreach-minded because you reached out. We pray that your sheep would hear your voice. And, Lord, if we're concerned that we're perhaps not among the sheep, Lord, make us able to hear you speaking to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.